You're an entrepreneur because you're a creative person. You've taken an idea and developed it into something that you're able to sell. Once you figure that out, what's stopping you from doing it over again with the next great idea or the one after that? There are so many business ideas that we could launch. Sometimes we get down about the ones that we're currently running and want to jump ship to start the more exciting business that's calling to us. Oh, how much fun that would be. But it's not always feasible. Is there a way to make sure that you can keep your creative juices flowing without being stifled by the responsibilities that your current company demands of you? Welcome back to Why Are We Shouting? With me, Jill Salzman, here to help entrepreneurs get down to business. I want to talk to you about small business blunders, ways that entrepreneurs shine, and valuable lessons about growing your biz. This week, let's talk about all of those other ideas that we entrepreneurs come up with. That's a good idea! The ones that are such good ideas, you just know they'd make a killing. Become viral sensations, maybe and let you finally fly that private jet to Tahiti to sit margaritas for three days on your private beach. I've come up with too many ideas to count, but I'm going to recount several for you, and I give you full permission to take them and run if you so choose. Let's be honest. Where an entrepreneur has one idea, she has 479,526 more. It's an affliction for a lot of us. We see interesting ideas every day, day in and day out. And once we've gotten a taste of how to turn an idea into a business, it makes it that much easier to think through exactly how we'd launch the newest idea that's hit our brain. Small business experts tell us all the time that we need to cut that crap. Hi-ya! Kill the distracting thoughts. Hi-ya! Stop laboring over the how, what, when, where, whys of rolling out the newest epiphanies and stay focused on the tasks at hand. They're right. We should. But that's not the point of today's episode. Today, I want to highlight the things that I coulda, shoulda launched but never did. What have I come up with that's never launched? So many things. Two episodes ago, I talked about the first magazine that I ever sent to print. It was called Cosmic Peas Magazine, and with my staff of four in high school, we wrote, published, and sold copies for a buck a pop at our local drugstore. That didn't fail to launch, but it never took off either. It did, however, fuel my fire to continue creating. I came up with a gift for my younger sister one year that took on a similar write-and-print format and could have been a mega hit with college grads everywhere. She was graduating from Oberlin College at the time, and having exited the undergrad life myself, I knew everything. That's how it works, right? So I wrote her a guide. I called it, What Now? A College Graduate's Practical Guide to the Rest of Your Life. Chapters were titled things like, Pimping Your Ride, and From Pimples to Wrinkles, and Now What? I got it spiral-bound at Kinko's that explained to her in great detail what she had to worry about and what to do about it. I was particularly proud of the cover, which looked like a handwritten list of to-dos on a lined yellow notepad, and the graphics I'd arranged on it all by myself made me wonder at the time if I could sell them across the country to college grads. 
But I had graduate classes to attend at the time, and I didn't have time to cultivate the could-be company. Years later, I knew I had the brightest of bright ideas. It took a corporate conglomerate to launch their business for my big idea to follow. Ever hear of Netflix? For all of you older listeners, you might recall that the company launched with a product, not a streaming service. Their original idea was to have customers select DVDs that they'd like to rent. Upon selecting the flicks, they'd ship them to your home through the United States Postal Service. Once you watched a DVD, you'd return it to them in an envelope that they'd included for you. The postage was paid for already. That was a shining perk that they provided. It made ordering and returning the DVDs family fun for all. And for some reason, that free postage was outrageously impressive to me at the time. Here was where the light bulb went off for me. It was the moments in between that Netflix didn't account for. Sure, the DVDs arrived to our homes, and then, yeah, we'd send them back. But if we ordered more than one, and we always had three or four lying around our house, it was always a possibility that someone would step on one, or cover it in greasy fingers, or falling food or flat out lose them underneath the couch cushions and have to pay the hefty fee for replacing that DVD. It occurred to me one day, why not buy a basket that I could hang on the wall near my TV where I could rest my delicate DVDs inside? The basket would be made of mesh fabric or some sort of netting that would hold the DVDs, which is how I came up with the product's name, FlixNet. If I could buy fabric, hooks, and have someone design a very cute look for the whole thing, every subscriber in the nation would buy my FlixNet to put their Netflix in. I'd save people thousands of dollars a year in avoiding the dangers of DVD damage. I'd improve the look of people's living rooms. It would be a sensation. Except it wasn't. I never launched it, and thankfully so, considering that we all know now it's a streaming service. But at the time, with two small babies and two small companies taking up all of my attention, my excitement was immediately smothered by the who has time question. I should have sold the idea to someone, but even looking for that someone would have taken up precious time that I didn't have. A few years later, I saw a recipe online for what were called energy balls. Have you seen these? They're the mom's quick fix to kids' hunger, it says, and provides a bite-sized snack in a snap. So I followed the recipe. I added oatmeal, peanut butter, chocolate chips, flax seeds, chia seeds, vanilla extract, and honey into a bowl and stirred. No baking necessary. I rolled them into balls and then threw them right into my kids' mouths. A normal parent might be thrilled, add the recipe to the regular rotation, maybe even laminate it for safekeeping. Not I, dear listener. I realized that if they were that easy to make, I could certainly market them and kids' parents would scoop them up on the daily. Why not add a feminist twist to it? Okay, sure. I decided I'd start a snack company that sold energy balls of different flavors, and it would be called She's Got Balls. The product would sell itself. I purchased the URL, it was available, and I got ready to establish myself on the market. Until I realized, who has time to roll a million balls and ship them out? How would I ship them out without melty things happening? Did I need to get food safety certified? Probably. 
Could I even cook them in my own kitchen? Probably not. While I could see the marketing plans in glimmering light, I was certain that this was too big a risk since I already had a couple of other companies that I was running. Time was always my biggest challenge. As a young mama with several businesses to tend to, launching more of them just felt like more work, not more joy. I know many of my ideas would never take off, but if I was able to build out the ones that I knew would become a sensation, I might have found joy, but not without moving on from the businesses that sustained me and my family. Time is any entrepreneur's greatest challenge. We know that each piece of running a company takes up our time. Time to build infrastructure, technology, strategize, and sell, sell, sell. The upside of knowing this? Well, with each business that I built, I understood more and more clearly what would take up a lot of my time. It got easier for me to envision more clearly what was possible, and then it was a bit of a killjoy to realize what was not doable considering the fact that I could never spread myself too thin. Money doesn't trail far behind the time issue. There are so many ways to launch an idea for free. Ask your friends. Or for a very low cost, use free technology to build on. But what becomes clearer over time is that you can get past the introductory period. Past the free website on about.me or wordpress.com, past the type form surveys, past the $12 domain names, past the logos designed in Canva and the newsletters delivered through MailChimp. We know that as a business grows, so too do the costs. A $5 monthly subscription to Libsyn here, a $10 charge for credit card fees there, and it can add up unrelentingly in, in such mysterious ways that we have to call the bookkeepers in. I found that I've gained a helpful skill over time, one that allows me to figure out all the costs and fees associated with launching a business. But it's also been a big bummer to realize with such clarity that not everything can go to launch. You can certainly understand why Bill Gates has spent billions testing out new ideas. Did you hear the one about where he turns human waste into drinkable water? It's true. It takes money to hire staff to remain focused, huh? Even though time and money can block our motivation, I want to encourage you to look past those blocks. You don't even have to work around them. You just have to figure out how to work your ideas into what you're already doing. I figured out a way to keep up with the idea machine in my head. I launched a brand 11 years ago called The Founding Moms. Yes, we offer resources and in-person meetings for mom entrepreneurs to build better businesses. But I've also been able to launch so many offerings underneath the umbrella of the brand. There's the boot camp series I created to offer interactive workshops through our platform. I've also written two books. I've come up with a program for our members to hire affordable virtual assistants. For a long time now, I've been culling my favorite products to eventually put a subscription box together that'll contain the right stuff for the mom entrepreneur's desk. There's so much that I've been able to launch. It's been nothing short of pure joy to be able to continue to create and serve a market that I love dearly and understand deeply. Yes, I do have plans to launch a local vegan market in my neighborhood one day, far in the future. And then, of course, I'm going to create a TV show with Stephen Colbert when he finally returns my calls. I don't plan on stopping the creativity anytime soon, and I sure hope that you don't either. 
You don't call. You don't write. Why not do both? Call or text or do both at 708-872-7878 or go to jillsalzman.com slash podcast to record a message so that I can talk to you in a future episode. Go to ratethispodcast.com slash why are we shouting to leave a review. It helps other listeners discover my ridiculous stories so that they can build better businesses. Shout out to Amanda, Lindsay, and Aaron for making this podcast with me. And thanks to you for listening. I'll see you next week.